Hello, my name is Chuck Rom, and today I would like to welcome you to Freeform Spiritual Wisdom. For the past 28 years, I've immersed myself in the exploration, the study, and the practice of the knowledge and wisdom that lies within metaphysical and spiritual concepts and ideas. That wisdom is also contained within you, and to a degree, is able to be found within the philosophies and teachings that are available, both historically and presently, on our planet today. What I intend to do as we move forward with each new episode of this podcast is to explore and provide for you a process and an experience where you can effectively use this information to create the type of life that brings you the satisfaction, fulfillment, and happiness that you desire. However, a necessary aspect of these changes is a much broader and deeper understanding of who and what you are. The two are actually inseparable, and becoming aware of this deeper aspect of yourself allows a perspective to come forward that is not present if this is omitted, which then results in a number of limitations to the outcome that's experienced. It's these limitations that cause people to continue searching for a more fulfilling solution to the challenges they have in their lives. Moving you beyond those limitations is the experience I intend to provide for you here. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. And as always, I'm very thankful that you took the opportunity to join us again here today. So today, what I want to talk about is the ego. And in that, my intent is not necessarily to summarize the way that psychology sees the ego and maybe the next most familiar presentation of the ego, the way that Eastern philosophies view the ego, but instead to present a different model of the ego. Although I'm going to talk a little bit more probably about the Eastern understanding of the ego than the psychological understanding of the ego. Just because as people begin to explore metaphysical, spiritual concepts and ideas, that Eastern concept of the ego seems to play a larger part in the way that we perceive and understand the ego than perhaps the other model does. So one of the things I think is really important as we move in this direction, a deeper understanding of self, and by that all aspects of self, and in today's episode specifically the ego, is to keep in mind the idea that even though within the context of the experience that we're having here, it seems like we are the human being, the human body. And we, of course, experience the quote-unquote seeming limitations that the body has. We come to our experience primarily through our five senses, though, of course, there are the inner experiences, those mechanisms of consciousness that I've spoken of a number of times that are also part of that. Things, of course, like thought, like expectation, like imagination, impression, impulses, dreams, things of that nature, things that aren't necessarily 
accessible through the five senses, but are part of our experience nonetheless. And so, of course, that's our experience here, at least in the beginning. And for individuals who have explored themselves, who have immerse themselves to whatever degree in a deeper understanding of who and what they are for whatever number of years that is, of course, what happens is that begins to change. And sometimes it changes very dramatically. And in that, I'm going to suggest that that is because, of course, you are much more than what you seem to be in the beginning of this exploration. We've spoken before, of course, that what we are is the soul, is the self, is all that is, is the universe, is whatever term that you would like to apply that means infinite, unlimited, without any type of limitations, period. That is what we are, even though it doesn't seem like that's the case as we consider ourselves from this quote-unquote physical or human perspective. In that... Not only are we much more than what we believe ourselves to be, not only do we have infinite ability, infinite awareness, but I'm going to suggest that, of course, this is true of all expressions of self, all expressions of the soul, because all expressions of self, all expressions of the soul are that. They are an expression of the infinite self. And even if within a particular experience, and in particular our physical seeming experience, what we have done is built beliefs, built expectations, had experiences with particular expressions of the self that make it seem like that expression of the self has some limitations. In fact, that is only what it is. It seems like there are limitations. No aspect of the self actually has limitations. It plays a part depending on the dimension of experience it is associated with. And what role, I'll say, it's playing within that dimension of experience. In that, the ego, in its various permutations, depending on how it is individuals are expressing it, is the same thing. It's a lot like us in that regard, in that it has been considered to have particular types of limitations. Those limitations are only from the vantage point of our buffered, semi-separated or seemingly separated experience. They have no basis in the actuality of the ego because like us, the ego has no limits. It seems to have limits within the experience. But that is a seeming only. It is not the actuality of what's going on. So, What am I speaking of when I speak of the ego now, here, in this? So, to discuss that a little bit more, let's talk 
about what I'm going to express in this moment as kind of a layered effect of the self, of us, of you, of our experience. So we have the infinite us. We have that wider us. We have that us that we are an extension of. We have that us that we are a focus of. Some will say it that way because we're focusing on a particular type of an experience. We're focusing very intently on that experience, what we call our physical experience. So we have this infinite us, right? The us that knows itself is infinite. The us that knows itself as unlimited. The us that creates all of the environments that it then extends, I guess we'll use that word in this moment, portions of itself into, we'll just phrase it this way for now, to then have experiences within those environments. And that's what we are doing. From the perspective of the unlimited us, we have created in collaboration with other unlimited individuals an experience that we call physical reality. And we have inserted various models of ourselves within that experience to have a whole variety of different experiences within that particular model of an experience, right? Physical reality. And so there's that layer of us. There's the infinite us that is orchestrating all of what's going on around us in collaboration, of course, with this us, this extension of us, this us that doesn't know that it's infinite because we've set up a situation where we separate or seemingly separate ourselves from that information as we have the experience, and otherwise we couldn't have the experience, right? You can't know all of what you are and have an experience like you are limited. It's not going to work. So you have to sequester the bulk of your awareness of self, and you have to have a package type of an awareness that you use. Now, of course, at the same time, there is total access to all of who and what we are. It's just that we're choosing not to use that access so that we can have this particular type of an experience. So there's that layer of us, right? So there's a layer of us that experiences a reality that is so much different than physical reality, a a reality that is dynamic, that is shifting and moving all the time, right? And an us that is experiencing a huge number of experiences simultaneously and has the capacity, has the capacity and the capability to do that as easily as we watch a single television screen, right? It is aware of a huge, huge, huge amount of information at any particular moment. And then there's us. And then there's an interface, I guess I'll call it, between our experience and our infinite experience. And I'm going to say between because that makes sense to us. Really, the between is an idea um, that has functionality, um, that has some meaning in our experience here. But it's not actually what's occurring. But that is something that's not important right now. We'll talk about this layer, this interface. So between this unlimited action of consciousness, the us of us, and this seemingly quite concise, conditioned, limited 
experience that we have here as a physical human being, there is a type of an interface that brings us this experience that changes the unlimited actions of consciousness that picks and chooses, shall we say, of all those unlimited actions, those that will fit into our particular beliefs and expectations of our reality, and then provides them, provides those experiences to us. That interface, that way of viewing the reality is, from this perspective, the ego. And it has a role that it plays, part of which is what I just mentioned. Now, I'm going to suggest something that some are familiar with and some have never heard before. It might be even something quite scandalous to you or close to that. Again, considering the Eastern philosophy and the ways that those expressions have talked about the ego, have presented the ego for, in what we term, many, many years. How limited it is. I'm going to suggest to you that the ego actually understands its role very well. It also understands its association with the unlimited self in a way that is much greater than I understand at this moment. And I say that because this particular type of an interface is involved in a huge number of dimensions. Any dimension where there is objective reality, in other words, some type of an understanding that is different than the total awareness of who and what we are, where we in some way, shape, or form buffer some of our understanding of self to have a particular type of an experience. And there are huge numbers of realities in which we do that. In all of those situations, there is a version of this other aspect of self that here we call the ego. And its job is to bring experiences to us in all of these various environments. And of course, right now we're talking about this environment. But it also knows all of the rest of itself. In that context, it also knows you. In other words, it knows what and who you really are. But in this experience, what it agrees to do, and this is just of course I agree to do this. This is what we're doing, and I will always agree to do this. It's that kind of a thing. It's not like, you know, you agree to do it, and then you change your mind, and no, I'm not going to do that any longer. It's not like that. It's like this just innate understanding of, I'll call it a role for now, but of course it's much, much more than that, a role that you play in part of the experience, an incredibly important one that you play again to bring our experiences to us, to configure consciousness in a way that matches our beliefs, our expectations, right? our desires. Right? The ego is the interface, very closely aligned with the phenomenon of perception. And I've expanded the idea of perception in one episode, and we'll talk a little bit more about that here. 
but the ego works very closely with perception. To bring your experience, our experience of quote-unquote physical reality, our physical experience, to us every day, and really each moment of every day. This is its job, and it will pay attention to what you believe to be true in that regard. That's what it does. Even if what you believe to be true includes the limitations that the ego has, right? I'm going to suggest to you that at some point, and we're going to talk in terms that make sense, of course, about the reality that we've seemed to be experiencing. At some point in a far-flung past, we confused things a little bit. The idea was the way in which we were now using the ego was limiting our experience, not that the ego itself was limiting our experience. In some Eastern philosophies called Vedanta, there's this idea that has some utility and it is an idea of these large movements and we'll call them of time called yugas and how in these various movements of time we have different levels of awareness of self in our present one it is quite constrained this is in one way similar to what I'm talking about here, in that instead of understanding the reality of this aspect of self that we call the ego, and the reality of what it actually does, the reality of how it can actually function, we have chosen to hobble it. We have chosen to limit it. We have chosen to diminish it, right? And in that, we then are the ones that then get the fruits of what we have done with the ego, which is in the context of what this podcast is about, limited our experience. Now, again, there's nothing wrong with a limited, quote unquote, and when I say limited, I mean an experience where we have our experience from a place where we are using just our five senses, where it's all about rational, logical, intellectual ways of looking at things. And that's our experience. And it's a fine experience. It's one of the huge and big reasons why we decided to have this experience is to have an experience where we don't have any of the information of the self at our disposal or very little. I'll also suggest, however, that it wasn't meant to go on and to be as redundant as what it's gotten. We've kind of gotten a little bit, I won't say trapped in it, but mesmerized by it, shall I say. So if you allow yourself the opportunity as you explore who and what you are, if you allow yourself to move beyond various models that have been put forward by us, by human beings, shall we say, as we've explored, you can come to an understanding about the various expressions of self 
and how they interact in this model that we've set up for us here that is closer to what it's actually all about than what we have believed for some time. And I'm going to suggest this is true of the ego. The ego is actually there not only to provide your experience for you, not only to transform and transmute consciousness into the experiences that you then have, because again, the ego is another aspect of you, right? There is the unlimited you, there is this aspect of you, and in our narrative right now, there is the ego aspect of you, right? And it is unlimited. It is this theme, this Expression of consciousness is utilized by many, 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 by all actually unlimited us that are interested in having these types of experiences. But it, because of its awareness of the deeper part of who and what it is, it is there to be as helpful as it possibly can as well, as long as we allow it to do that, right? It can actually be quite the helpmate, right? Because it knows already how it is that it configures your reality for us, for you. It knows what it's tapping into to do that, right? And so if what we can do is we can understand the actual nature of this expression of consciousness, this expression of self, we can utilize it in a way that is quite helpful for us. Of course, what this takes is a movement towards understanding ourselves as the self as well. Otherwise, you won't make this movement. You won't have any interest in even exploring the ego in this context. Certainly in this way, it is something that you are never going to get rid of. You are never going to destroy and things of that nature. It's not about that. Those understandings, those directions, I will suggest to you, are brought about through misinformation. You can't get rid of an eternal aspect of self that is an integral part of this experience. It's like thinking that, well, if I was lighter, I could run that race faster. And to do that, I'm going to cut off two of the heaviest parts of my body, that being my legs. So I'll cut my legs off and I should be able to run the race faster. Now that sounds silly. But if you understand the nature of self, if you understand how this experience comes about for you and around you, and the integral part this aspect of self that we've termed the ego has in that, you would understand that that is just as silly. It is the ego's job to bring you this experience in whatever way you believe and expect it to show up for you. That is its role. And it's integral to your experience here. You're not going to get rid of the ego. You need to understand its role, its part in your experience, and in doing that to come to terms with how that functions. This is part and parcel of understanding that it's you That's creating your reality. And there's a number of layers of you that are involved here that seem, while we're having the experience, to be somewhat separate layers of you while we're having the experience. You, the ego, and the unlimited you. 
all expressing themselves in particular ways as we are having this experience. You need to understand, I'm going to suggest to you, it is quite effective to understand the role that your beliefs and your expectations play in the experience that you're having right now. We've talked about in past episodes ways that you can begin to become familiar with that in your life. The more that you embrace that exploration, the more you become familiar with that, the more easily you will be able to manipulate within this experience. And the more dramatic you will see shifts happen in your life, especially if your life is of a challenging nature. I can promise you that without a doubt. I can promise you that. But it takes the exploration. It takes putting the time in to do the exercises. It takes putting the time in to explore dream time, to explore lucid dreaming, to explore out-of-body experiences, to explore what's coming your way by impulses, intuition, impressions, to explore your daydreams, to explore whatever it is you may choose to explore. But you need to begin to do that. Your reality is not going to change unless you do something to change your reality. It's about your actions. It's about the actions you take, the beliefs that are part of those actions, the expectations. And we've talked about this before. Beliefs will shift. You have at your disposal all the time all of the beliefs that are there to be expressed in whatever life that you're going to express. A countless number of beliefs, right? Now, you're not going to use all of those, but they're all there to be utilized by you. Why? Because you're the infinite you. All of that is within you. You're going to use a very limited number of those as you live your life. But you're going to use some that are very at odds with each other at certain times. You will move from one belief that is diametrically opposed to another, and then you will move into another belief. People do this stuff frequently, right? We've talked about some simple ways, right? The belief in Santa Claus, the belief in the Easter Bunny. And then at this time, of course, you don't believe in Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny. Although with this exploration, you may actually come to understand that those, what we term in a physical way of seeing things, fantasy figures do in fact exist in the way that children believe that they exist. So there are many phases to these things, right? The tooth fairy, the Easter bunny, right? Riding a bicycle. If you learned to ride a bicycle when you were a kid, you were quite firmly entrenched in the belief, usually not all individuals, that you could not do it, right? And then your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, a friend, somebody helped you to learn how to ride the bike. And your belief changed from one belief to another, right? You pulled a different belief forward and you utilize that. This movement is the same thing. We believe right now that it's only our five senses that make any sense to pay attention to. We believe that our experience is quote-unquote real in a particular way that we define that word, right? That all other things are unreal, all other things are fantasy, right? And we believe that to see things in a different way 
means there's something wrong with us. There's something off with us. I'm going to suggest something to you that really in the time period, talking in terms of linear time historically, it's only been a very short period of time where we have locked ourselves away from a deeper understanding of ourselves to some degree to the degree that we have in the last 80 years. It's been a very short period of time that we've done this. And we believe, actually, and there's nothing wrong with this, it's just a movement, that we believe this concept of science is the epitome of understanding. It's not. It is a very nice and creative expression utilizing the five senses only, right? But the issue is, is that unless we move beyond utilizing just those five senses, we will not get to understand the rest of who and what we are. It takes that, right? And our exploration into technology, quote-unquote, AI and things of that nature are helping us to some degree to move beyond that. But it's in collaboration with all the individuals around the planet that are really involved in a spiritual exploration, a metaphysical exploration of self, that that's going on. So, back to our good friend, the ego, right? Many ideas that are had out there, especially the ideas that we become familiar with through Eastern philosophies, because when we in the West first start to begin this exploration, we're totally unfamiliar with those Eastern ideas of the ego. We're probably unfamiliar with the psychological ideas of the ego as well, id, superego, ego, excuse me, and ego, right? I have a pretty strong separation of the psyche, right? A separation that really doesn't happen. Although, of course, because we seem to experience ourselves, our psyche, uh, the mind, uh, whatever aspects of self we would like to talk about in fairly segregated ways. But it really isn't like that. They really all flow together. So the bad rap that the ego has gotten and that is many times embraced by individuals, especially in the early and sometimes way beyond the early parts of this exploration, is something that I'm going to suggest will hinder you in your exploration, will make your exploration much more difficult than when it needs to be. Because again, the ego is an aspect of the self. It is an integral aspect of this experience. It's not going away. It's part of the experience. What's important is to understand it. To understand it's listening to your beliefs and your expectations and other things of that nature all the time. And then it's bringing you, configuring for you, configuring consciousness for you in a way that it matches your ideas and your beliefs and your expectations. Moment by moment by moment. The experience that we have here is a very dynamic experience. It shifts and moves all the time. But you have to pay attention to the little things at first. You have to catch those little things. Because really, I have a good friend of mine, uh, again, a channeled source, that has made the statement that really your reality is full of more holes than a piece of Swiss cheese. But you don't pay attention to those right? Your ego, in collaboration with other aspects of the consciousness, intentionally ignore them, right? Unless you begin to have a desire 
to have some of those experiences happen in your life. And usually, of course, what you're going to do is you're going to do it relatively slowly. Now, some individuals will do something for themselves where they jump for a moment into the deep end of the pool and they have some type of an experience that is a very different experience that then they have to try to make sense of. Some people rock a little bit. Some people doesn't rock quite so much. Some people have an experience like that, and for whatever reason, it seems quite every day for them. It doesn't unsettle them at all, right? So there's a whole variety of ways that'll happen, but typically what goes on is the inner you, the wider you, the you that is paying attention to everything that's going on with you and is waiting for the opportunity, I will suggest, to help you see a little bit more of who and what you are, is always there, poised to do just that, right? And as soon as you begin to do that, and as soon as you begin to pay attention to what's being sent your direction, then that aspect of you and this helpmate of yours, the ego, that aspect of the self that's there translating, changing, reconfiguring consciousness for you in alignment with your beliefs and your ideas, will begin to work differently, will begin to show you a different type of reality. Now, it's not that the reality that you're used to is going to go away in some blink of the eye. You don't have to worry about that, but it will show you small little exceptions, right? It'll do different things for you. Many of us have already had these experiences, but again, we walk by them, right? You toss your sunglasses on the table as you walk into your apartment or your house for lunch or whatever it might happen to be. You're the only one there. There's no one else there. You have no pet, right? Or your pet is in a different room, right? You're not going to let them out of that room because you're only there for a short time. You go to leave, and where the heck are my sunglasses? I just tossed them on the table. I know that. Nowhere to be found. You look around for them. I can't look any longer. I got to go to work. So you jump in your car. Uh, you jump on the train. You jump on the bus, whatever it might happen to be. You go to work. You come back home. You walk into the house, and there are your sunglasses on the table. No one else has been in your house, but they were gone, and now they're back. So what do you do with that? Do you begin to question it? Do you begin to explore it? Or do you just go, well, that's bizarre, and just walk past it? I have my sunglasses now. That's all that's important. That happens with people's keys many times, your car keys, right? So many different things. You may lay a piece of clothing down someplace. You might put your phone down somewhere, right? On a desk, on a table, whatever. You know, and you look for it. It's like, what the heck? You know, I'm almost positive I put it here, right? And then you see it there again, whatever time later, and well, I overlooked it somehow or whatever. You try to explain it away to yourself, right? These things happen to everybody. But don't do that to yourself. Don't explain it away. You uncreated the item. In that moment, you, in collaboration with the deeper you, uncreated the sunglasses, uncreated the keys, uncreated your phone. So it wasn't there any longer. And then you created it there again. I know this sounds fantastic, but you're creating your reality around you moment by moment all the time. When these types of things begin to happen, stop and explore them and have a dialogue with the inner you, 
right? The you that's there, that infinite you, you, right? Because you're an extension of that you. You are that you. You're just an extension of that you having this experience. Have a dialogue with that inner you. It's always there. Always there. Go, okay. I just had an experience that is atypical in my life. I want to start to have more of those as well as to understand them, to understand what it is that brings them about, to understand this is what's really important, who and what I am. That's the question you want to pose to that inner you. Who am I? What am I? How does this happen? And it will respond. It will begin to bring you experiences, information, knowledge about you, because that's what is ultimately important, is you. The ego, in collaboration with that, will do just that. It will then configure consciousness into your experience because it was intimately involved in the sunglasses disappearing and reappearing, or the car keys, or the cell phone, or the piece of clothing, or whatever it was. You have experiences with friends. You all go to the same movie. And some of your friends are talking about a particular part in the movie. You don't remember that part in the movie. Maybe you overlooked it. Maybe you sneezed. Maybe you dug into your popcorn at that time or whatever. You don't think so, though, because you remember being attentively involved before and after that. Or you watch a movie several times And there's a part in the movie that wasn't there the first time around. Maybe the part shows up the second time you watch it, and then in the third time you watch it, it's no longer there. All sorts of stuff like that happens. The ego is involved in all of that. It's bringing you, it's configuring consciousness for you, not only in collaboration with you, but in collaboration with the wider you, the infinite you. It has its toes, shall we say, in both realms. It is not the limited structure that it's been made out to be. It is quite aware of its role. It is quite aware of what you're doing. It is quite aware of the inner environment that it also flows from. And it will utilize that information in your benefit if you allow it to. You make it the enemy, and it's not going to take the stance that it's your enemy because, of course, it has this huge awareness. But it has to do what it's said it will do, which is to pay attention to your beliefs and expectations and then to configure consciousness to meet those for you. So if what you believe is that this integral aspect of consciousness to this particular experience that you're having is somehow against you, is going to bring you experiences that limit your understanding, it will grudgingly, I'll use that word right now, accept that role because it has to listen to you. It takes its cues from you. This is your reality to experience. Its job in participating in that is to provide you with the reality that you believe is true and accurate. It follows your beliefs and your expectations. 
can't emphasize this strong enough for you. To change your view of this aspect of self is a powerful thing to be able to do for yourself. I know that these ideas of the ego have been around in terms of time for long periods of time. If, however, you have access to information from aspects of self that know themselves in their natural environment and from that environment share information with you to try to get you to move beyond the limitations of how you see things, of how you view things, of the beliefs that you have about things, when they share that information from you, when they share the information that gives you an idea about how those ideas became limited in the first place, and then you begin to use those and see a shift in how things work, as well as so many other parts of what not only you but other individuals have experienced. These are things that you have to take advantage of. And I'm going to suggest to you that it'll be worth your while to do that. Leave behind limiting ideas of the ego. This really goes hand in hand with understanding that really no expression of self can be limited. It's not possible. Within the ideas, within the scope, within the way that we've configured particular dimensions to play out, can it seem like there's limitations? Of course, we experience that, right? But the actuality, and regardless of which I'll just call it a discipline now, which spiritual exploration you have become familiar with that have somehow found a way to explore deep enough, they will all tell you this, that you believe that you are something other than the self. You are not. This is true of all things. No aspect of self is limited. It's all unlimited. It's our ideas that make it seem like they are limited, right? Because our ideas are what play out here is our reality, right? We've had ideas about what physical reality is about. And of course, those ideas move and change through the centuries and the millennia. So embrace this aspect of consciousness that is the translator of consciousness into your experience. That is the interface between the experience that you're having and the unlimited actions of consciousness that are happening around you, right? This, this aspect of you that you believe is you, what we do to a degree is we look to the actions that we term to be physical actions physical events, and we label that as us, right? We say, that is me. Those actions are me. Not really, because what you're doing is you are witnessing those actions. Now, in a much broader sense, yes, in fact, 
those actions are you because you're the one that creates the actions. But from this perspective, really, you are experiencing the actions, right? So there is a difference in that regard. So the actions are not you. The actions are the ego. The actions are the ego doing its job. The actions are the ego transforming consciousness into the actions that to us mean physical reality. Whether it's wind or rain or food or clothes, whatever it might happen to be, many, many things. The way that we experience emotion, the way that we experience feeling, right? The way that we experience love. There's so many different things. All of these actions of consciousness are the ego, right? But we are experiencing those actions. We're the one witnessing all of that. We're the ones having the experience. That is us. And I know it's a very thin, thin layer that delineates in this regard the actions from who it is that's experiencing the actions. You. That thin layer is the interface. That thin layer is the ego. We think it's us. We say, yes, I, I had this emotion. I had this feeling. Right? I, I cooked the food. I cut up the food. I cut the grass. Right? We're, we incorporate the actions that went on as what we were doing. It's not necessarily us that was doing it in this regard, in the way that we're talking right now. It's the ego. It's the translation of energy consciousness into action that we perceive a particular way. So, the ego, I'm going to suggest that it's worth your while to give it a break. It's worth your while to view it in a different way. It's worth your while to adopt this deeper understanding about what the ego actually is and what it does. That it is not afraid of the infiniteness of the self. It is quite aware of the infiniteness of the self. It is aware of its role. Its role is multidimensional, just like you are multidimensional. It has many variations of its role depending on which dimension you are expressing yourself in. But you have no idea of all that from this particular perspective because you're very involved in this dimension of expression, this particular physical dimension of expression. Because, of course, I've expressed before that there are many, many physical dimensions that you are involved in. This is just one of them. The ego works slightly differently, sometimes dramatically differently, depending on which of those we're talking about. Not even taking into consideration other dimensions that are not quite physical in the same way. So it's worth your time to understand, first of all, and maybe in an overarching way, that no aspect of self is against you. No aspect of self is there to make things harder for you. But it's all about an understanding. It's all about you understanding you as self. 
as an expression of self, as an expression of soul, as so much more than up to whatever point in time it is you believe to be true about who and what you are. And then to, little by little, begin to understand more and more of what that means, how all of that comes together for you to have the experience that you're having here. And as you loosen up your hold on things, as you allow yourself to bring yourself experiences that are out of the ordinary, you will start to have those experiences more and more frequently. You will begin to have experiences that tie together the, I'll call them behind-the-scenes experiences right now, right, or the experiences that we may have the tendency to say, oh, well, that's just your imagination, or that's all in your mind, or whatever it might happen to be, to tie those experiences in with what we may term real experiences, right? The experiences that show up for our five senses. We will begin to have experiences that tie those two together for us repeatedly so that there is no way that we can avoid the understanding that they are intimately linked together, right? Whether it's precognitive dreaming, where you dream exactly what's going to happen the next day or exactly what's going to happen with that experience and you do it over and over again. Or in the dream time, you change the experience to how you want it to play out and it was heading a very different direction the day before and it plays out exactly like you changed it to play out. I know this is a stretch, but you're the one that's creating your experience of reality. The degree to which you understand that has everything to do with what you're able to do with your reality. Everything to do with that. You can do some quite incredible things with your reality, but not if you don't explore it. Not if you don't begin to allow yourself to have experiences that are different. Not if you don't begin to move beyond beliefs, expectations, and ideas that are constraining. I'll just use that word right now. Again, not that there's anything wrong with those experiences. They're very valid experiences. Right? They're one of the reasons why we have this type of reality. To have experiences that are so very, I'll just use it this way, limited in their expression. Right? Limited meaning we don't know what's going on around them. We just accept the experience for the experience. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. That's part of what this physical dimension is all about. But if what you want to do is understand more of what's going on, that is there to be had. And to the degree that you will allow it, to the degree that you desire to have it, to the degree that you explore it, to the degree that you pay attention to it when it begins to show up for you, it will move and shift for you. And all of your reality will become different than what it was before. And again, what this will mean if you've had a very challenging life is that that life will shift and move. 
It will no longer be the challenging existence that you had before. You will understand your existence from a very different viewpoint, and it will be a very different existence. I can totally promise you that. Will it take some work? Absolutely. It's not going to happen in a couple of weeks. It's not going to happen in a couple of months. Will you see some changes in a few months? You will. Will it have totally turned around in a couple of months? Unlikely, although it's probably happened. It's going to take a little bit of time. But it will change. And the ego will be part of that. It has to be a part of that. It is an integral part of this experience in this physical, in all physical dimensions, actually. It is the interface that configures consciousness to show up for you in the way that you believe and expect it to. That's its role. That's what it does here. You're not going to get rid of it. So, it is worth your while making friends with it, exploring its actual abilities, exploring your actual abilities, exploring all of what and who you are. So many times, even with individuals who've done this exploration for a while, they will accept a certain amount of information and then they stop there. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. This particular exploration isn't meant to be explored in as wide a way as you possibly can unless that's what you want to do. It really is unique to the individual. There's nothing wrong with picking a place to stop and stopping there. You can explore up to a particular understanding of self and go, okay, I'm comfortable with that. That's as far as I want to go. That's all fine. It's all good. It really doesn't make any difference. Explore to the degree that you want to. But the deeper that exploration is, the more you can use all of the information and tools at your disposal that lie within that infinite you and then apply them to this particular experience that you're having. So there is that. But it does take doing that. It does take the allowance. It does take the desire. You have to put the time into it, just like anything else. It will become a primary aspect of what your life is about. It can't be just some little thing that you do for a few hours of a week and expect it to become this dramatic change in your life. You really have to invest the time into it, into this, in this experience, within this experience, in order for it to become that. But it's worth it. From my perspective, it's worth the time. It's worth the effort. It's worth the allowance. It's worth the desire. It's a very different reality. It becomes a very fun reality. It becomes a very peaceful reality. Your state of being is calm. You are happy almost all the time. Fulfilled all the time. You know that if you point your attention in a particular direction and express energy in a particular way, things will begin to unfold with you in that way. You will also make some choices to explore challenges in your life that most people would avoid, but you will not, because it will help you to gather and to become increasingly familiar with how things happen, why those particular things were in your life to start with, and how to move beyond them. So sometimes you'll be doing things that doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense to individuals who are earlier in this exploration. Why would you continue to work in that particular environment? Or why would you continue in that particular relationship? Or why would you continue to do whatever it is that you're doing? 
but there's an understanding there that you want to garner in a little deeper way. There are experiences there that you know that are beneficial for you to be able to see in a different way, and so you stay in that environment. You do it purposefully. But it doesn't feel the way it does to other individuals. In other words, it's not arduous. It's more an exploration. It's kind of like a little puzzle, shall we say, that you are almost totally put together. You've almost got all the pieces in, so you want to hang out till you've got the last couple of pieces popped into that jigsaw puzzle so you totally see the picture. It's a little bit different. So hopefully I've expressed enough of the ego to help you perhaps to have some desire to explore it in a little bit different way. I'll tell you this with no hesitation that if you move beyond any negative ways of viewing the ego, it can only do one thing, and that's be beneficial to the experience of life that you're having here physically. It can only do that. This then will conclude the information I'm going to share with you in this episode. I want to thank all of you for joining me here today. It's been my pleasure to share this information with you. Moving forward into subsequent episodes of the podcast, what I'm going to do is continue to share information and knowledge with you to offer you methods and practices that will help then to continue to build a nice foundation for you that then you can use as a platform to move forward and apply the information that I've provided for you here into having the type of life that you would like to have. What I'd also like to share with you is that I have another format that I offer this type of information in. It's a Facebook page that I have, and it's called The Home We've Never Left. If you'd like, you can head over there, and you can get a little bit of a feel for some of the topics and ideas that we will discuss in the podcast. What I'd also like to touch on is that if you feel that the information I'm providing for you here is of benefit for you in your life and you would like to support that financially in some way, I've included a couple of links in the description below and contributing in some financial way, of course, would be very appreciated. It helps me in dedicating more of my time to sharing this type of information with all of you. I'm looking very forward to connecting with you in future episodes. I'll see you then.